2: In infirmary media. <laughs>
0: Hey dudes and that's thanks for tuning into this episode of the Be Kind and Rewind Podcast. A podcast chock full of topics about the 80s, 90s, and more with retro celebrity interviews and fact-filled movie commentaries. I'm your host, Carlos, and this episode, it's knuckle puck time because we're lacing up our skates to get into everything about the Mighty Ducks franchise, including where our favorite Mighty Ducks are now. So joining me is the crew of the Quack Attack podcast, so I welcome Mike, Tommy, and Kevin to the podcast. Hey, Carlos, how are you? Hey guys, thanks again for doing this. Appreciate it. Oh no problem. So uh, I saw you guys have been around since 2014, and I, and I've also gone through your podcast uh, episodes and have a variety of interesting topics uh, to get into for Mighty Ducks. So before we get into all that, I just want to ask, like, you know, what made you guys start the podcast about Mighty Ducks?
1: Uh, well, so Tommy, Kevin, and I all used to work in the same place, and Tommy and I used to work at night. So we would come in when everyone else was leaving. So it was really us two on the floor, like pretty much the whole night. And uh, we just got into talking about Gordon Bombay and whether he learned anything. And uh, it got into a heated debate. So I came in the next day and I asked Tommy if he wanted to be on the podcast. And is that correct, Tommy? Yeah, something like that. And so we would always just be talking about inane topics.
3: Um... And of course, you know, 90s movies is always going to be up there. And so uh, that's usually how most
0: podcasts start out. We've just been talking about stuff that, you know, we think nobody else cares about. So we got to let everybody else know about it. And then you find out everybody else wants to know about it. Yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah, I asked Tommy. Tommy said he was down. And at that moment, Kevin just happened to come down to our floor and was just walking uh, in the hall and said, and Tommy just was like, hey, Kevin, do you want to be on our our Muddy Ducks podcast? And, no questions asked, I might say. <laughs> he said yes. It was right up his alley. So, and He's then been he... waiting for this day his whole life. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> then we started from there, and uh, yeah, I guess it's been – almost five
2: years now i didn't even realize insane. it was since 2014 that's yeah that's
0: a little... yeah the rest is history yeah because i you know i was checking out you know past episodes i was like oh i just kept scrolling and kept scrolling it's Like, <laughs> man, these guys have been trooping it for for five years so k- kudos to you guys for for rocking it out so what is your process of coming up with these interesting topics like i saw one that was like uh uh, what is the uh, Connie and Gee's relationship? Is it good for the Mighty Ducks or uh, the many women of Gordon Bombay's <laughs> life? So, like, what is the process of coming up with these uh, these angles? Let's see. Well, um, Mike is definitely
3: the uh, the leader of the podcast, so he comes up with a, a lot of the ideas. Um, a lot of it is just because, um, we'll just, you know, shoot the shit either before or after an episode and come up with a new idea. It's honestly just like the same things that you might talk about with your buddies when you're rewatching a movie for the 15th, 16th time and you're just like, Oh, Hey, how do you think they did that? Or like, Oh, what do you think of this scenario happened? And so that's pretty much literally what it is. And so my, every, comes every up now and, of, yeah,
2: and then a yeah. fan. Yeah. Then
3: fans will like, once it picked up steam, fans will, will ask, um, we always do something called the quack question where we answer questions. so good we want to turn them into into episodes so we've definitely crowdsourced some things but it's honestly you know just kind of it's built from inane chatter you know just the same that you might have with your friends when you're watching your favorite movies
0: yeah no it's perfect i mean just the way the uh the the titles are described it's it it goes exactly what you just said it comes from this little inane argument that needs to be settled uh through podcast settings so no that's awesome so who's who's watched the, the mighty ducks the most out of all of you Who's the one who almost needs the, an intervention? Oh, yeah. It'll be Mike for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I pull like a lot of GIFs and, and a lot of clips uh, to put in the show notes and that kind of stuff. So if you're if you're counting that and you add up all those little moments that I watch like four to five minutes of um, and, and on top of just the regular enjoyable viewings, uh, yeah, I'm – yeah, it's probably like triple digits at this point.
2: How many times did
0: you watch for the for the trivia? Yeah, so you wore the VHS out then. Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. Yeah, and we did a trivia contest, and I had to watch – I think I watched all three twice and like like back to back to back to back to back within like two wow. weeks. So, uh, well, that's dedication,
0: yeah. Holmes. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean when you have a Mighty Ducks podcast and there's like a
0: finite – amount of uh content you really have to milk it for all it's worth it's true it's true you could do that you could always move to the minute by minute i've seen a few podcasts do the minute by minute yeah. podcasts on a on a movie so you could e- eventually adapt to that
3: filler. But those always come up with like some of the best discussions, just because we're looking at things like, "Oh, look at the lighting in this scene." Yeah, <laughs> things that are, are we're kind of going very like. Cats and brothers are pulling YouTube. their dick out in the, in the
0: back, like in <laughs> Teen Wolf or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So, uh, how often are you guys uh, putting out uh, episodes? We're putting it out once a week,
1: uh, usually. I mean,
2: aspirationally.
1: Yeah, as, like that's what we. It's say. always the goal. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll take some weeks off if people are traveling or busy and stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, so we hope for once a week, but it's probably like once every other week.
0: Yeah, you know, they say consistency is a thing, but as long as you consistently keep putting out an episode, it doesn't have to be every week or something, but as long as you keep putting one out, and you guys have been, so yeah uh what's we, the next we did one have,
2: uh fans offer to do an episode in our absence one time oh, so that was that was cool you've got true.
0: substitute teachers already in line <laughs> you guys why don't you take advantage start planning vacations
2: yeah
1: yeah it's not a bad idea just to get people to do our jobs for us <laughs> I, yeah.
0: I think uh you've you've struck a gold mine you haven't quite tapped <laughs> yet so you might have to get into that uh so what do you guys have next for the uh next episode <laughs> good question uh yeah it's always the toss-up
1: yeah usually uh it usually comes up you know within the week we're trying to get a couple of guests but we haven't locked them down yet so no uh breaking news to report uh we'll probably we probably are due for a minute every now and then a mighty ducks minute where we break down a single minute of the pod uh, it's just a random minute though so that's always exciting
0: Oh, cool. We'll be on the lookout for that. So we'll just get everything in the description below. We'll get everything uh, promoted a little bit later in the podcast. So just wanted to give everybody a quick little insight into you guys' podcast before we get into the Mighty Ducks movies here. Uh, so just kind of moving on into the movies. Uh, we talked about, you know, you guys watch them over and over. I've seen them like, you know, the I remember the big box VHS, I you know, the D2, that was my go to. Um, and, Since 92, Mighty Ducks has basically inspired millions of kids to play hockey, a sport they probably had no reason to be playing, but we all, you know, attempted it in some degree. So did you guys have like a a hockey like phenomenon or epidemic happen in your hometown after like Mighty Ducks came out?
2: So I, I grew up in southern New Mexico where, where we don't have ice anywhere <laughs> or snow or anything like that. <laughs> or so, street
0: hockey or some sort. Everyone's trying to incorporate it to some degree.
2: I think my cousin played roller hockey and maybe that was, you know, maybe spurred by the Ducks. But uh, not too much of a phenomenon where I grew up. But that's just based on climate mostly.
0: What about you other guys? Tommy?
2: Yeah, I, I, did, I, def- I, I didn't play hockey
3: growing up, but I do remember like – if, if someone was talking about going to play hockey, like the next question was like, oh, like the Mighty Ducks for people who weren't like that big of hockey fans. And so you could definitely tell that there was some kind of infusion, uh, especially for people who um, who might not have been into it um, or like just kind of knew hockey as just a sport they didn't really follow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, I grew up in suburban Detroit, so it was a big hockey town already, and then you had the late 90s, early 2000 Red Wings who were just dominating, so that played a factor in two, but I'm sure the Mighty Ducks just sort of led to the general public uh, awareness of hockey a lot more in, in the town as well. Yeah,
0: no, I, that's kind of the same thing with me, I grew up in a, a small town in Kansas, and so you know, no ice and everything. So we did the roller rink situation. So they jumped on the bandwagon. They they formed this whole league, but all the parents forgot or didn't realize how much. Uh, hockey equipment actually costs Like the how expensive it actually <laughs> is So like you would think that all your friends are going out But once they get to the tryouts And they give the whole sheets of the breakdown The prices like half the people leave And stuff like that So it wasn't quite It, it had the hype going in But it didn't quite pan out like they wanted um, And of course it just led to a lot of kids Trying to do the knuckle puck And they had to like outlaw it and stuff like that <laughs> It's like you yeah. can't do it It's not physically possible to do it the way they do it in the movie So stop it uh, So th- you know it, that was the response. Because I think it was like a few years uh, later, they did the uh, jumped on the bandwagon for Little Giants. So we didn't have a Pee Wee football league in our town yet. But as soon as Little Giants came out, oh, we had like three Pee Wee leagues. So my my town was jumping on the bandwagon left and right.
3: We uh we definitely referenced a lot of the the nineties sports movies and a lot of our podcasts and Little Giants is definitely a go to. Yeah. Rooski, oh, Fumble yeah.
0: Rooski. Fumble fumble <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Uh so yeah, so I just wanted to see if you depending on where you guys grew up, you know, if it had an effect uh, you know, within your schools or just in the you know, the community and, and I think I forget who said it, but yeah, it's just kinda infused. Uh, the general public kind of uh, Into those who were already into Hockey and you know we just had that one Thing we could relate we could you know and They talked about hockey oh you know is that Is that uh, the knuckle puck or is that uh, Something Gordon Bombay would have done you know that's The only analogy I to this Day for me because I'm, I'm not a big hockey guy I'll watch it but I'm not into it uh, So of course my go-to analogy is always Mighty duck so you either get their the Eye roll from that you know the, the the purists, or you get the guy you know they're, they're into it they love the, the reference so uh, it's a kind of a fine balance i think
1: yeah you can't go wrong we've we've done some quacking at bars and whatnot and
2: and it's met with mixed reviews i would say (laughs) and every now and then you bump into somebody that's wearing a a duck's jersey which is pretty cool
0: now it depends because usually you see the charlie conway out there i think that's like the most you know that one or the Goldberg one, but if I see Conway, yeah, Goldberg, you know, you give him a high five. But if I see Goldberg, you're buying Goldberg a beer, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, uh, so, uh, so of all the three movies, you know, we, we've had you know 92, 94, 96, we're all different ages growing up, um, and we had our you know our favorites growing up, but I keep going back to is number two. Number two has been my go to from day one, I still go back to and watch all three, but number two still my favorite. <laughs> Is back, Jack. Which one of, for you guys has been, you know, you just keep going back to, even though you watch all three? Which one's that one that has the most views out of you?
2: I'll I'll start here uh, because I'm the most correct. This is a highly
1: <laughs> debated topic. Uh, all right, so, I'm glad so I brought it
2: up. D3 is the best of the three. Um, and that's uh, you know, I'm I'm correct in that. <laughs> um, I say that all the time. Uh, I don't know specifically what it is. I think it's it just kind of resonated with me at that time in my life. I guess I don't know. It just it just stuck with me the longest.
0: I think. Yeah. So what what was it about it? Like, was it? Did you relate to like the high, the high school setting or like just I, yeah, kind of the storyline of things? Yeah, I think that's what it was. I I think
2: it's like them in high school. Well, it's funny because I remember. Like, not realizing until much later, realizing that they weren't in college. Like, I thought they were in college for the longest time.
0: So did I. I had no idea what boarding schools were as a kid or something like (laughs) that. So apparently it flew
3: over my head. Exactly. What about you guys? Um, So I've definitely watched D1 the most. Um, And that's uh, simply because that's, like, the one I had. I had D1 and I had D3. But D2 is my favorite, even though I never had it on VHS. And I think just because I really, really liked the international aspect of it. Um, you know, And I think that's what a lot of people were drawn to. It's like, oh, Team USA, it's, it's hard not to pull for them when you're just looking at D1 or D3 and you're maybe a casual fan. You're just like, okay, so what's this about? A, a hockey, like a kid hockey team, but D2, you're like, oh, international competition. I'm down with that. You've got like the expanded roster where you've got, you know, um, you've got Keenan in there and you've got, you know, Luis Mendoza. So it's just kind of like, like all the personalities, and they, obviously they ham it up. You know the Texas guy. You know with uh, he's got the cowboy hat and the rope. Little Dwayne uh, Robertson. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's so I think that's the most fun, um, and it also kind of has like the cameos. I feel like that was the most well like marketed, if you will, like kind of nationally.
1: Yeah, that was my favorite growing up, and yeah, I just liked all the different teams and the new characters and that kind of stuff. I will say. As an adult, going back and rewatching D one and then D two, like D two is like a blatant repeat of D one, which is like different just colors, higher,
0: just a little higher stakes. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. So that, like, if you're gonna be like a super critic about it, then yeah, you you have to uh, discount D two there because the storylines are pretty much the same. But it is fun. There's the nostalgia reason. So, and and you have the iconic Gunnar Stahl in there, Wolf Stanson, that really, uh, he he has Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, Trinidad and Tobago all have cult followings of their own. And they have it for a reason. So I'll stick with D2 with the caveat that I don't think objectively, necessarily, it's a great movie, but...
0: No, and I agree, you guys said that it's more just a higher stakes version of D1, but... It, it worked for me. It got me all patriotic. I, I loved Team USA, one uh, of those Hendrix jerseys for the longest longest time. It, and <laughs> it, it introduces the soundtrack. I had the soundtrack on cassette that I would always rock out. You know, nice. Queen, We Will Rock You, Wolf, There It Is. You know, those songs are just constantly played. Uh, and then, of course, you had uh, the dentist, Wolf the Dentist Stanson. Uh, didn't even need a nickname. His name was Wolf. <laughs> <He> <laughs> the dentist Stanson. And I remembered him because he was Dracula in the Monster Squad So I already had that connection coming in So that was a, a, something That put it over the top um, And of course we had the, uh, the knuckle puck That yeah. I would try on my Parents' garage door endlessly Never to any success, I just kept Pounding pounding the uh, garage doors. So I'm sure my neighbors and everybody Loved me for that um, <laughs> And then and of course that was the one where we got The new iconic logo uh, the new Ducks logo from, um, uh, I forget, what was the uh, what was the old man's name in the second one? They changed Jan. him. Jan, that's what. So, yeah, yeah, we got the new logo and that's, that one. So, just encapsulated all these cool things. Like you said, the fun factor uh, from the first one. And the third one was a little bit kind of, not serious, but... It was a little bit more serious storyline, I guess, whereas this one is like Team USA, you know, like beat Trinidad, Tobago and Iceland and stuff like that. A little more black and white in some areas. So I'm mm-hmm. uh, not to say that D3 is not bad. I, I have watched it recently because it's on HBO and it's it's it holds up. It's um, it's it's growing. It's getting up there with my D2 status. So I can't say it's Smart the man. best one, but it's getting up there. So wow. that's, that's where I stand.
1: Wait, so what, what would your ranking be then of the three? I would go 2-3-1. 2-3-1, interesting.
0: Yeah. I would go 2-1-3. Yeah. 2-1-3, okay.
2: What about um, you guys? I'd go 3-3-3. Three, three, three.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: All of the above? I think i do 2-1-3, and I think a lot of that – those were like my childhood rankings, so I'm sticking to yeah. them. And the one thing I didn't like about D3 is that there was not enough hockey – Like I expected to see a lot of hockey like I did in D1 and D2, but there's really only they play in three games. They play against Blake Bears. They play their scrimmage against the varsity. Then they play the JV varsity showdown. And that's all the hockey you see. Everything else is just practice.
2: And it's like, that's not fun. It's kind of like in the Friday Night Lights TV show where they did like the first season really football heavy. And then they were like, okay, we're going to cancel this. (laughs) And then they just went really heavy on like the teenage drama. And then they didn't cancel it. So.
0: Second like, oh, we lost know. the contract to the football field, so we gotta make this work <laughs> like, okay, all right, yeah, no I agree it's not very much hockey in that one, whereas like in d two it's like every five minutes there's a new game, and there's a new new situation going on, or even street hockey, so yeah i uh I think i i now that I think about it, I didn't think about it before, but there is a severe lack of a hockey in d three so maybe when they come to d four which we'll get to here soon. Will be plenty more hockey. So, uh, so, so like we said, we just talked about all three movies. So, lots of moments throughout these movies to be uh, more more memorable, more memorable than others. Uh, the ones that stick out to us. So, I'll, I'll jump into the one that sticks out to me the most uh, was when uh, Dwayne Dwayne Robertson was uh, uh, got two minutes for roping. Get up there! Where I come from, we treat ladies with respect. Thank you, Dwayne, but I'm no lady. I'm a duck.
2: Come on! Way to go, you (laughs) Oh, get you!
0: Referee taking Robertson over to the penalty box. What are they gonna call this penalty?
2: Well,
0: it's two minutes for roping. That's a new one on I me. Mean. Uh, yeah. Which is something I Plastic. thought you could do in real life. You know, as a kid, <laughs> you could just jump out in the middle of a game and rope somebody just to protect your uh, protect your teammate. But apparently two minutes for roping is the severe penalty, the severest penalty you can get in hockey, not getting tossed or penalized any, any other way. So that one was always just because, like, he's, he's sitting on the bench, no helmet, has his rope with him. Like, who has the rope on the bench? But he's got it there. I mean, he's a true cowboy, I guess, and and then he makes his way out there and ropes the uh, the Icelander. But you know, I I always kind of thought that Gee Jermaine should have been that one because it wasn't Connie his girl? Yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of controversy in terms of whether Dwayne was trying to make a play on Connie there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was he making a play, or is this a teammate protecting teammate, or is this I got a thing for you? I'm gonna protect my potential lady. I think because Dwayne Dwayne Robinson, Dwayne is a he's a nice, um, you know, he's a southern boy. Yeah. Yeah. Southern boy. So you you, you think he's got he's got great intentions, but you don't know where those intentions may lead.
1: Yeah. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt in terms of this. (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) You think he's moving in on. Absolutely. On Gee's girl. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. When I when I rewatched the scene after I, I picked it as my scene, I was like, man. Dwayne's moving in on Connie, I think, cause there's a little extra extra wink, I think, and his ears were flicking a little bit extra too, I think. So, uh, that was that was my mo- most memorable moment is watching Dwayne get two minutes for roping. What about you guys?
3: I think mine is uh, it's, it's still in D two. It's it's after I guess. Spoiler alert: after the Ducks win, <laughs> and then um, you know Gunnar Saul skates over to to Wolf the dentist Stanton. and Wolf says, "You know, you lost it for me," and yeah. then he you know counters back with a. Gr- great line just you lost it for yourself and then you know let's go shake their hands
2: you lost it for me you lost it for yourself let's go shake their
3: hands just very very uh like that stuck with me as a kid i was like wow like he just stuck it to his coach and then he was like such a a sportsman like guy so that whole penalty shootout and then ending with that uh, that was my most memorable scene, I think, in the entire trilogy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely one. My, my wife and I use that line, like, religiously. Like, <laughs> we'll just say, did you lose your keys? You lost them for yourself. It's <laughs> we'll like, just kind of, that'll be our comeback to most everything. And yeah, uh, it's it's a line that even at at, the, at that time, I used it just in daily, daily life. And a lot of kids who didn't watch D2 didn't know what the hell I was talking about. But yes, that is a very quotable line that I uh, still use to this day
2: uh for me they they typically revolve around humor um so all the all the pranks in D3 but it it, it this and this is going to be this is going to sound a little silly but um my uh probably the one that sticks out to me most and I still use it all the time today is when somebody asks me a question like if they didn't hear something I re- I respond with something about a shrinking sphincter which is what uh <laughs> Russ tells uh Dwayne whenever they're at the at the uh, like intro mm-hmm. pep rally in D3. Um, I don't know. I've, I've just always found that line to be infinitely quotable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would. Well, we'll use it as
1: much as possible. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. It does use it quite frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of like thrown in there. It's not like a big like line in the movie, but it's, it's It has the desired effect. Uh, my first thought was also the, you lost it for yourself, but I'll throw out another one. Um, the touching of the ice after Mm -hmm. Hans dies, it always got me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, uh, I may or may not have, have done that to honor some relatives in the past. So, uh, Norwegian tradition lives on, I guess.
2: There you
0: go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. So all cool moments. Um, like I said, I just wasn't sure. Cause so many throughout the three, I mean, we picked mostly what from two did we had, we had any from three, we had uh, the shrinking sphincter from three, the shrinking sphincter from three and then, uh, and then the touching of the also ice. From yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome, And So, so now, now I want to get into the next step, the mighty ducks four, you know, they keep talking rumors that they're thinking about it, you know, it's production or storyline. We're gonna do this job for them now. We're gonna come up with synopses, uh, for Mighty Ducks Four, and I'll start out with okay. mine. Um, so starting out, Adam Banks, A.K.A. Cake Eater, is an NHL bust who never lived up to his potential. So he's retiring early to come home to Minnesota, and he sees that the Mighty Ducks team is st- is still flourishing after their their championship many years ago, but also sees that the Hawks have fallen into obscurity so after running into charlie who is currently coaching the ducks uh, adam declines to coach with them because uh charlie is now very arrogant in his ways because you know they've been winning for years and stuff like that uh so so adam is like i want to coach the hawks now so he recruits all of a ho- couple of his Hawks buddies. So we kind of have like a uh, a Cobra Kai situation yeah. where we're continuing the storyline, but we're going to have them competing in different ways. And so we're going to have some callbacks, get some, some of the old Hawks guys back. We're going to have some callbacks to some old uh, Mighty Ducks. We're going to have – I think we should have like Russ Tyler – Maybe Luis Mendoza, Averman, Julie the Cat Gaffney. that can come in and train them in different different ways, teach the kids. Uh, so they when they get to their championship game, you know, for bragging rights or whatever. Uh, and so, yeah. And so basically during the championship game, there's a huge brawl. The two teams uh, are interrupted by the PA system. And somebody's giving a speech. And none other than Gordon Bombay. And Gordon Bombay is giving everybody the morality speech that... We just need to be working as teams. We shouldn't be competing like this. And so they end up forming one super team, and that's where the Hawks and Ducks together live on. And so that's the synopsis for Mighty Ducks 4 for my.
1: Yeah, a little bit, like you said, a little bit of Cobra Kai to it, which, uh, if you don't know, remake of the – Well, I guess they take the continuation of The Karate Kid, but they sort of flip Uh it, and it's about Johnny – Instead of uh, Ralph Macchi, or I guess uh what's a Daniel son yeah uh, mm-hmm. So I like that it's in taking sort of the black and white and going gray uh, sort of exploring the gray areas to it. Uh, we we've done several sort of hypothetical spinoffs and we did a D4 for our hundredth episode, I think. Uh, that one was centered around getting the bu- the ducks back together for one last go round. Um, and it was about, Uh, Like Hans' shop was closing, being bought out by, you know, the big retailer, kind of a dodgeball situation. And they go out, but they don't go out to win the money to win it back. They just go out. They uh, compete in the Pond Hockey Championships. Um, Charlie tries to get the team back together. Like he's been sort of down and out, uh, and he's like divorced and, or like going through a
3: divorce, and he's got like a kid who's like was his age during the first movies, you know. So you'll you'll have like the throwbacks of what it's like to be a kid, things like that.
1: Yeah. So we had so we have that, and then you know it's everyone gets to back together, and it's sort of not the same. I think we killed off Ghee or Connie or somebody. Somebody someone died got in a car wreck. <laughs> yeah. Somebody died in it's a like car
0: Wheelchair.
1: Yeah.
0: Someone. It sounds like something Ghee would do. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So you now so. he
0: never got that kiss.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this close. Yeah. So, yeah, somebody died in a car crash. I think it was Guy, and then there was, like, tension between Charlie and Connie because, like, they were there or something. Or, that like, they could have saved him or something like that. Yeah. Like, we, we went, like, way off. Like, you guys
3: are going yeah. deep. Yeah. This
0: is deep. This is deep emotional stuff. I yeah. like yeah. It.
3: it was not as much of, like, a fun, plucky it was, kids movie. It
1: was <laughs> a much darker sports movie. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah like, well, straight to Netflix. like, the D C E yeah.
0: version of Mighty Ducks. I mean,
1: like. In pretty much every Disney movie, like, a parent's dead or dies in the middle. So, like, you know, there's a little bit of that in there. Um, and then, so it ends up being, like, they don't have enough for the team. I think, like, somebody drops out, and then they're one short. And then Julie makes a call, and then Gunnar Stahl joins the team. <laughs> um, so they come, and then they're in the Pond Hockey Champ, just make it to the Pond Hockey Final, and they're against the villain team, which... We figured could feature some, like, cameos from NHLers being mean, and they could also have, like, McGill in there. Uh, all the all the villains from the Hawks, essentially. Um, yeah, so they're about to lose, and they're all tired, and, like, they had a good run, and this miracle run to the final, and they're all down and out. They call timeout, and then you just start to hear a, a quack from the background, quack. And then the camera goes, and it zooms, and it's Gordon Bombay who shows up, and then... You know, yes. Somebody we have. We also threw in a little kid as kind of a, a extension for D five. As Charlie would, Charlie sort of notices this kid in the pond at the beginning. So he's at the final, and he starts quacking. And then you have some cameos like Banks comes back to quack and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. So they end up going. They they win, and then Charlie walks off with this little kid to try to teach him, you know, the ways of the ducks. And then we the have a D5. D five.
0: Yeah. I love it. You you setting up, you know, a, a universe. You bring Gordon Bombay back, just like we we had this. I like how we did the yeah. same thing. Gordon's got to show up at some point, you know, to to set everything right, um, because we know that's basically all we're gonna get out of Emilio Estevez because he barely showed up in the third one. So we'll just get him for a little bit on the fourth one too. Yeah,
1: if we can. He's not a big if, fan if of we, the Ducks him. at this point. Of-
0: Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, I've heard he's trying to distance himself. So maybe we could CGI. We could do a Tupac uh, hologram of uh, of Emilio Estevez for D4. So I like it. I like uh, what you've done. You got Charlie, you know, continuing on because Charlie was always like the player coach type of uh, type of character.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think you have to sort of center it around Charlie. I think, yeah, I think he's got to be involved in a major way
0: somehow. He's like the Luke Skywalkers. Like you kind of have to form the story a little bit around him. No matter what you do with it, it's got to still form around Charlie somehow. So yeah,
3: I, uh, I, I did really like in your version with um going back to the Hawks. I didn't even think about that. And and Charlie being like a you know a cocky son of a bitch, you know, coaching the the Ducks, really like turning the tables. And you know how mm-hmm. the Hawks would essentially they took Banks in the first one, even though they shouldn't have gotten him because of the boundaries. And like Charlie maybe is doing the same thing now to the Hawks um and so having banks going to the hawks is, is is a pretty cool uh Pretty cool synopsis Yeah I thought
0: it'd be cool yeah. Just like I said I mean I, I just got done Watching Cobra Kai season 2 So I was pretty <laughs> much Just churning The same situation there uh, But I was like Oh it'd be a cool twist Yeah to see Banks Take over uh, the Hawks Recruit some of the Old Hawks players Because that was The other thing Cobra Kai They keep they bring back Some of the original Cobra Kai guys So I, the nostalgia factor Of course is what You want to keep uh, upping So I was like Yeah we'll have some We'll have the Hawks And they'll have A, a tribute to the old coach Because the, the actor died Like, I don't know, it was like 2005 Or something yeah. like that that uh so uh so yeah stuff like that just those little things pretty much copying straight for straight of uh Cobra Kai but just doing the Mighty Ducks version so yeah we came up with some pretty awesome uh Mighty Ducks 4 so if you're listening out there, Disney, you can thank us later. <laughs> um, but uh, so speaking of Disney, though, I want to move on to the next thing. We're doing the Mighty Ducks news. Uh, so lately, Disney is developing a Mighty Ducks TV series for the Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, the uh, director, or I think writer, Steve Brill, who wrote the original, uh, he's been tapped to do the uh, ABC Signature Studios uh, to pen the script. And then, according to Hollywood reporter uh along with Jordan Kenner, they will prep the series for the studio company, but they're gonna shop it to other places first, but I guess Disney has exclusive rights to it, so they're gonna end up getting that, and they're gonna launch it in two thousand nineteen but none of the former casts uh, including you know Emilio or uh Joshua Jackson, have signed on, so uh they haven't have a they don't have a script yet this is just this is what they want to do so would you guys pay for Disney Plus to uh, watch the Mighty Duck series? I would
2: definitely use Tommy's email and password when he
0: pays for it.
2: Yes, please. Yeah. I'll take that I too. think
1: one of us will pay for it and then share the password around.
0: Yeah, uh, everyone's Venmoing a dollar fifty to somebody. Exactly. Every, I feel like every we month. could get the
2: Quackalites to pay
0: for a subscription true. for That's us. True. Oh, there you go. If they're gonna sub for you guys for a whole episode, I think they're willing to pay for you to enjoy more content. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean, we kind of have to considering we have a moneydex podcast, so <laughs> we'll
0: we'll have to get it somehow.
2: I think we should be comped one.
0: Yeah. I think this, so, too. You need to write later. Uh, yeah. Write Disney a strongly email, strongly worded email.
2: I mean, we should also have a cameo in it. So that's what we've said is we, we need go. a cameo and go. something because there should <laughs> be an episode
3: about like how the Mighty Ducks spawn, like all this pop culture. And, you know, what better to, uh, you know, kind of exemplify that than, hey, there's even a podcast about the Mighty Ducks. and <laughs> Whoa, then have
0: Dedicated this. to the, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. Uh, Let's get these guys on. Yeah, exactly. that's true. That's, that's going to happen yeah i for me it's hard because disney plus or disney's opening like their entire vault they're getting all their movies you know opening the vault like they had been saying for so many years uh and so all their movies are going to be on there uh the mandalorian is uh going to be exclusively on there and then now this mighty duck series so it's like at first i wasn't like into it but now when i read about this mighty duck series i'm like i gotta hear more news about it but i'm more intrigued now uh and it's like I think another ten, eight, ten dollars or something like that, which is not that much, but when I already have like seven other streaming <laughs> yeah. services, I can't I don't know if I want to add another ten, twelve bucks. So it's tough. I, I may have to hear about it before I jump in. I won't maybe get it right at the beginning, but I'll maybe wait I, a little
2: bit. I'm not sure if this is Disney or not, but there's a Sandlot series coming too, right?
0: Is that mm-hmm. Disney? Yeah, I don't I'm not sure if it's Disney or maybe Warner Brothers or somebody. But yeah, they're developing it or it's about to come out, I think, even. So fingers crossed on that. Cause you know how that always works out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if we had the show, which characters would you uh, guys want to make a, make a comeback? I think as many as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I
3: would want to make sure now, obviously it's, it's Disney. So like, who knows, but don't like, you know, Disney their their roles in life essentially. Um, and so I, I think uh, we'd want to see some like grittiness to it and, like talk about divorce or or death or things like that. So I think Charlie is like like the number one kind of like must have. But I, I think after that everyone would be really keen to see what Russ is
2: up to. Watch out, boy. It's knuckle time. Um think, yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I said. Too. I think Russ
2: and the Bash brothers too. Oh yeah I think that's they're a good pretty essential, especially for like nostalgia's sake. Like even if you weren't a big Mighty Ducks hand you'd remember the Bash Brothers. Yeah. Um so I think that would be key as well. This is your Oh, my
0: what I'm that's clearing the garbage. Hey man we just get warmed up! <laughs> yeah I agree Russ Tyler I had him because he just brought that new life to the team and he had that trash talk and of course talked about the knuckle puck uh, Charlie because you know most of the storylines kind of revolve around him so kind of keeping that factor in there and then I added Wolf the dentist dancing because you got to bring an old school villain back for, in some capacity so maybe they can bring Wolf back. Yeah that would be fun. I'd like to see Gunner Stahl
1: get involved I'm, de- I'm a big Gunner Stahl fan so. yeah,
0: You guys have been touting Gunner Stall, yeah, hopefully he'll make a comeback. I mean, hell, he came back in the third movie <laughs> as a completely different character, yeah. which blew my mind, so... Uh, maybe we'll see him somehow in some other capacity.
1: Yeah, that would be uh, fun to have him be a different character again <laughs> in, like, every sort of season or
0: something. <laughs> he comes back as, like, a different race or ethnicity right? <laughs> in this, and this, uh, this like, whoa. Uh, okay, well, what about some storylines? What are some, like, some callbacks or maybe some new storylines you guys would want to see?
3: Um, I know we talked about maybe Charlie being in, like, a dead-end, like, office job or something like that. Um, so I think that's something that could be, uh, be part of it. We also want to like introduce new characters. So maybe his like coworkers could be new characters and like one of them is already coaching or something like that.
1: Yeah, we had a whole uh, episode about this TV series as well. I think we sent Charlie to Mexico and then
3: he, <laughs>
2: oh yeah,
1: <laughs> he yeah uh, yeah he meets a little kid playing hockey or oh, doing something. We actually in the street. fleshed it out pretty well. Yeah, and then they become Los Patos Potorosos, which is the Mighty Ducks <laughs> in Spanish,
0: and then awesome name. Yeah, and
1: then they come back for the. They eventually like qualify for the Junior Goodwill Games, and that's like the end of season one or something like that. I totally forgot
2: that that's we did this. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm I'm one hundred. 100% <laughs> I'm
2: bored still.
3: <laughs> and, we, and we had talked about like him, I guess, meeting like a single mother and like that was the – um, the, like the kid's mom or something yeah. like that was like the impetus for him wanting to coach or uh, – so that you can imagine think – about, think about like cool runnings at the beginning of it where they like don't know what they're doing. And so you could have like a lot of those like fun elements. A lot of
2: hijinks. Yeah,
0: for know. sure. Yeah. Well, fish out of water situations. Yeah, exactly. yeah, no, that sounds that sounds awesome. Mine would have been uh, focus on uh, a few Mighty Ducks players like Adam Banks, uh, Dwayne Robertson, or Dean Portman who make it to the NHL, but they also are on the Anaheim Ducks team. Oh. So they make the transition from you know pee wee to uh, international team to now the professional team. So, kind of get maybe uh, kind of see what the professional life is like as a as a with, duck. Like, with Carp as, with Carp as the custodian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, and, Mr., and Mr. Tibbles uh, has to come back in some regard as well. Oh, Mr. Tibbles, are you all right? Oh, I, I have the cheeseburger, fries, and chocolate shake, please. <laughs> uh, and then the other one I had was uh, two. Go through Gordon Bombay's journey from child hockey prodigy to almost making it to the oh. NHL, uh, to where like they show him, you know, on his down downturn he becomes a lawyer and then like the final episodes are him like becoming an alcoholic and getting that DUI that leads to the community service to where he's coaching the Ducks so that'd be like the end of it so like the journey from like a kid being like a really awesome hockey player to still thinking he's got it until like the last possible second and he gets injured and you know he can't do it and that's going to deal with his the aftermath where we get into real serious like the emotional the DUI the alcoholism kind of a thing uh, and then leading up to the end where it's like oh he's going to meet this uh this new team that he has to coach now i like
3: that and and you got like a rogue one element there where you kind of connect the two storylines yeah
0: mm-hmm. and so
3: i like that a lot yeah filling yeah. In yes the
0: and after i said that i was like man i should write this out this one might actually work somewhere <laughs> i
3: think we um we had a spin-off about uh coach orion in the third
1: one about maybe what was that one yeah well oh, coach oh coach orion that was our lifetime movie um it was yes <laughs> i don't remember what happened I remember we cast the late the old lady from Everyone Lo- Who Loves Raymond to be his mother, and then we found out she died <laughs> after. So, um, yeah, he, it was something
3: about him. Um, I think it's because you know his um his daughter was in a wheelchair, so I think it might have been like his, him going from like and she walks again or something. Like a, I don't know if we went that far, but
0: <laughs> I think like a little leap of faith. Like actually. him,
3: like kind of being like, um, he was having trouble at home. He was kind of like living the life of a pro athlete. Yeah. Um, And so like, you know, not really spending time with his family and then like maybe like drinking too much, things like that, partying. And then his, um, his daughter gets in this accident and then it's kind of like, Oh, and the team's moving. But he decides to, like, hang him up to stay with his family is kind of the ending. So he, like, gives up his career for his family. And so that's kind of, like, the whole – and then, like, he gets introduced to the Ducks, of course. So that kind of, like, nice arc of, you know, self-sacrifice but, you know, staying with your family. So that was kind of, like, our
0: our Rogue One situation, if you will. Yeah, well, we got to get a writer's room going. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, nice. Well, yeah, like I said, I um... – there's just so many different angles they can go with. I'm sure it's going to be like a full reboot. They're going to have like new kids are going to come in. They're going to have the a couple cameos. One person's going to be like through the whole series, probably, and then they're gonna have like trickle in a couple of cameos from different Mighty Ducks, and at the end, maybe, maybe Gordon Bombay shows up. But like I said, I think it's gonna be a full cat new, new cast of kids, maybe handing off the torch to somebody who's gonna coach them as well, and and go through the same thing that that Gordon Bombay went to, just in a more modern version. I think maybe.
1: Yeah, I think you gotta flip it somehow. Or else you're going
0: to end yeah, up with like, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Jaden Smith, Karate Kid version. So I mean, yeah, we, we they got to go Cobra Kai, Cobra yeah. Kai and, uh, you know, just kind of flip the switch, kind of continue the story, but keep the storyline within the same, this, the core group. So I like we'll it. see. I mean, they said it's coming out this year, so we're, we're already almost halfway through the year, so hopefully before too long. Uh, we'll see this uh, Mighty Ducks series, uh, and then we'll be getting one of your emails and passwords for our <laughs> Disney Plus uh, login. Yeah. So, <laughs> Michael put in the show notes. <laughs> Annie up, Mike. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so moving on to one more thing before we get into where the Mighty Ducks are now. Uh, I found some mind-blowing facts about the Mighty Ducks. I'm sure it's not going to blow your mind because you guys are experts in this field, but something that kind of blew my mind that you could maybe can could elaborate mm-hmm. on. So the first one that I saw was that Eldon Henson, who plays Fulton Reed, and Garrett Henson, Guy Germain, are brothers in real life. How is it that I, I it took this long for me to realize this?
1: Yeah. It's a little known uh, sort I, of deal. I, I don't even think I knew that. Oh, wow. I think I, once we started doing the podcast, I think I learned that. But, um, yeah, I think they – I think like everyone – talks about how they read to be Fulton Reed and stuff like that. So I don't remember the story about how they both went. I know, I think they both went separately and then they didn't tell anybody that they were brothers until they got
0: cast. And they made uh, uh Elden dye his hair black so they have a little, little more because you look at the face now you can you can see it because they have a side by side you're like okay I can see the brothers but like with his black hair and then Guy's blonde hair you just you just no like distinction no like you know thought about yeah. it, no second thought yeah
3: I never like put two and two until like in the last few years when when Elden kind of has made his comeback in, in Daredevil.
2: That th- blows me away that he he was a Bash brother not with his brother, <laughs> yeah, no, not with his actual. That's what brother. I'm
0: saying. They, they left Gee out. Man, I bet he was. I bet he was pissed at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that was the first one that blew my mind. The uh, next one was the writer Steve Brill. Uh, apparently really, really wanted to play Gordon Bombay so badly that the studio was like, fine, we'll give you this bit part where you're getting your ass kicked by Bombay in a court scene, basically as a consolation, so he'll shut up about it.
1: Wow, I see. I did not know that. I didn't know he wanted to play uh, Gordon. We had Steve Brill on, and he did not talk about that.
0: No. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Yeah, apparently like uh, and I read in multiple things they're like, yeah, he really wanted to play Bombay. They're like, we not, it's not going to happen, but you can have this uh this little bit part. We'll have to ask him next time he's on. Yeah. There you go. Get that's uh, the the first question. Why did you lie to us? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do remember him talking about how um Bombay was supposed to be in like an interracial relationship and Disney had a disney axed that in his first uh script uh so he they had to get rid of that because i guess it was it was too early yeah and it was like i a, would like to
0: see some of those scripts because i've heard they've had some weird dark ones yeah
1: yeah yeah he said it was much darker than what they they were supposed to lose yeah they were supposed that. to lose in the end for sure yeah
0: uh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll get the uh, that leaked uh, a Zack Snyder Mighty Duck version uh, <laughs> yeah. from, from Steve Brill. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, so another one I uh, saw that there's a deleted scene from D2 uh, during the Rodeo Drive uh, situation or when they're running around Rodeo Drive that Mark Maron was an angry valet that they apparently messed with at, at some point during that whole situation, but they deleted it. So Mark Marin was in the, a Mighty Ducks movie.
1: Yeah, I he talked about it on his podcast once, and I think I I uh, that's where I learned it. There's also a famous sort of deleted beach scene in D2 where uh, uh, Team USA and Iceland meet up on the beach and end up getting into a big fight. That kind of stuff. If you look what? at yeah, if you look at the D2 trailer online, there's like a little uh maybe five seconds of the ducks at the beach so uh yeah
0: is there like a deleted is it on youtube maybe like a full scene that was deleted or is that just that one clip is all we have
1: i've only seen it in the trailer uh there are novels about the mighty ducks that explain <laughs> the beach scene they're insane i highly recommend you check those novels
0: you gotta let me know about those i gotta i gotta see those
1: yeah there's all kinds of different storylines and uh in d3 greg and goldberg name changes. Yeah, greg goldberg Becomes Gary Goldberg. It's insane. It's one of our greatest finds on the pod. Really,
0: that is amazing. So I have to, I have to get those names. So, uh, so yeah, we'll I'll have to see if there's any other. Uh, deleted scenes out there and the the last one that I had uh was the actor Vincent LaRusso who played Adam banks in the trilogy. uh he originally was cast as a lesser kind of a hawk player, but he got promoted because the child actor who was basically playing his part got fired because he was a being a nightmare on set, bullying all the all the kids uh, and apparently had a stage mom who thought he was like a, the next Marlon Brando, so they kicked that kid to the curb and then. Adam, uh, well, Vincent became Adam Banks. Yeah. So this is kind of like, uh, we always say that the white
3: whale for our podcast is to find the original Adam Banks. And so kind of every, uh, every person who we have on, we, we ask them about this. Um, and so we, um, we've pretty much have it like confirmed, but not, not enough to, I guess, um, to say who it is but it's our goal to have that person on the podcast. And
2: and we've heard a lot of different variations about what yeah. exactly went down.
3: Was it like his mom was like being a pill or was it he was being like, you know, a dickhead or or what?
2: Yeah.
1: Everyone has a story about the original Adam Banks and or his parents. There's a story that he was shooting pucks at uh, they had like an Olympian though, like from the 1980s, come out to like teach him, and he was like shooting pucks at his chest and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, so we uh, we're in the process. I've, I'm trying to get the original Adam Banks to respond to me so he can come on the podcast, but yeah, that's a- yet
0: to be confirmed. Okay, is he still a working actor or is he like a, a civilian?
1: I believe he's a civilian, but he might be doing some acting stuff
0: on the side. It's not like he's uh like Leonardo DiCaprio or somebody <laughs> like that. <laughs> he's got to take a break from his yachts and his models to come on the podcast. Yeah, you know.
3: definitely.
0: yeah. No, well, that's awesome that uh you you guys know the the lore behind that and that the the OG Adam Banks could be out there somewhere or well, he is out there. You found him. Was just trying to see if you could get him on the podcast. I I've had um Matt Doherty on uh, uh Les Averman and you know i never brought that up so i had to maybe just send him a dm or have him on for a third time and just talk about that and say we're talking about what happened to the og adam banks what was the story we got to confirm it there's all kinds of myths and lore out there we got to put it to bed
1: yeah friend of the pod so, matt matt is a good guy he's been on our pod a couple times as well beautiful see who else have you guys had on We've had, uh, as I mentioned, Steve Brill, the writer. We had uh, Jordan Kerner, the producer. Uh, Sean Weiss, who played Greg Goldberg. Um, we had the K- Casey Garvin, who played Larson on the Hawks. Uh, Scott White, Gunnar Stahl. Uh, Aaron Schwartz, who played— Scooter. Yeah, Gunnar Stahl and Scooter for Scott White. And
0: Scooter, that's
3: right. Yeah, uh,
1: we had Aaron Schwartz, who played Carp. Um, yeah, we had Dwayne on. Yeah, we had uh, Ty McClary, who who played Dwayne Robertson. Tammy Duncan. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jane Plank, who played Tammy Duncan. So you've almost got the whole
0: team. You're you marking it out Ace
1: Ventura style on on like <laughs> exactly. a exactly yeah a picture. Yeah, we've yeah. also had some interesting stuff from like behind the scenes people. Uh, the the technical skating advisor Jack White's been on a couple times. He's got some great stories. big,
2: from... big friend of the show. Yeah.
1: Great friend of the show. Yeah, he's got some great stories from on set and costume designers and all kinds of people like that as well. And and Adam F. Goldberg,
0: just as a bonus. Oh,
1: yeah. Big Mighty Ducks fan, Adam F. Goldberg, uh, creator of the Goldbergs TV Beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I still... Still can't get enough of that show. Hopefully that show runs forever because I can take eighties and nineties nostalgia all day. <laughs> um, well, awesome. That's a uh, quite the list of guests. So awesome for you guys to, to get all those people. I mean, over since two thousand and fourteen, you've been building this uh, nice resume of uh, of episodes.
1: Yeah, that's that's the goal. Once you get one person, <laughs> it's a little easier to get another person. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I felt that way, too. When I first started, I had a couple people, but as soon as they, I think they see that, you know, you've had recent people or other people, like, from the same movie or in the same kind of, you know, genre, they're like, okay, let's do this. Let's rock it out. So, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier to get those yeses. Um, so now... That was the mind-blowing facts I want to get into. Now we're into our final segment, is the where are our Mighty Ducks now? And I'm sure you guys have talked about more than a few of these characters and what they're doing, what they're up to now. So you could even update some of the information that I may even have here. Uh, so I picked a few of them. We're didn't get. we not going to get into every single Mighty Duck. We'd be here until midnight if we, uh, if we <laughs> did that, which I could talk about Mighty Ducks forever, but I also have dinner and a cat to feed, so you know I can't exactly stay on forever. But uh, just kind of getting into to you know some of the uh some of these actors to see what they're up to now uh the first one you know we'll talk about the most popular one we always talked about is joshua jackson as a uh, uh charlie conway charlie what the hell is the matter with you when i tell you to do something you do it you got it look at me you got it can't make me cheat so I guess this was his you know, second movie ever. Stole the movie from Jake Gyllenhaal who I, – I don't know. He couldn't do it. Do you know why Jake Gyllenhaal couldn't do the movie? I thought his parents didn't want him to do yeah, it. Yeah, I think he
1: said on the Howard Stern show that he got the part and then he pulled out because his parents didn't want him to do it. I think we asked Steve Brill about it. He doesn't remember Jake Gyllenhaal actually being like offered the part. He thought it was a process. But yeah, I think it was his parents who said – they didn't want
0: him to do it. They let him do Bubble Boy though? Hmm. <laughs> that's just a classic. <laughs> I mean, no. I that's what I was, I loved uh, the Bubble Boy is just it's such a weird, like, what were they weighing on the and their decision? That's kind of what I was what I was guessing. But uh Bubble Boy all day, a classic, underrated uh Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> movie. If everyone loves loves his great performances now, then you gotta watch some Bubble Boy. It's kinda
3: like uh Chris Evans and not another teen movie that's probably oh. all I just <laughs> the,
2: the, I just the, now the made that
0: connection <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, I, I only referenced him in uh, not out a team movie and then he had to go and become Captain America I was like all right I guess uh, that's the other thing I'll have to reference him is uh, but uh, so Josh of course was in all three Mighty Ducks movies but then he went on to uh, you know The teen horror demographic, the late 90s teen horror demographic, like Scream 2, Urban Legend, Cruel Intentions, The Skulls. Like all those movies, like back to back to back, but he wasn't like a a major character, but he was, you know, a, a big enough character that I remember that he was in it. That's basically it. Uh, but then, of course, went on to Dawson's Creek, which I have not watched one episode of. Do you guys are you guys Dawson Creek? Uh, I fans? I was
2: when I was younger, and that show is just like so melodramatic. It's just like just really lays it on thick. It's hard <laughs> yeah, to like I sit mean, and I'm watch not, a I'm ton not... of them.
0: I, I don't hate it. I had nothing against it at all. I was just like you know, it just wasn't my thing at the time, and I think it, maybe it's too late for me at this point. Yeah. yeah,
2: I did love the Skulls though. Skulls was one of my favorite movies.
0: Oh yeah, with some uh, some Paul Walker. R.I.P. 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 Paul. Um, but uh, and then of course in 2002 he was arrested uh, at a Carolina Hurricanes ice hockey game uh, for after a quarrel with a security guard. A quarrel, I guess, is a nice way. Probably shoved him, or maybe punched him in the gut, or something. Uh, but he was charged with assault, uh, a fray, and being intoxicated and disruptive, and having a 0. .14 blood alcohol content. So, respectable. but they just, yeah, you know, he, they dismissed the charges if he, you know, attended some some classes and things like that. The the traditional celebrity treatment when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, and then in 2003, 2008. He was kind of in some B movies, nothing too great, uh, but then it went on to be Peter Bishop in the Fringe, which I hear is a good show. I just never watched it. Do you guys watch any of
2: that? uh no, but uh Tommy and I worked at the college
0: paper together, and
2: we used to get weird like uh press kits from the fringe, and one of them <laughs> was like a big box, and all it had in in it was a tiny bottle of tabasco. that was
0: it. Wow. I just mm. remember that. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm now asked. if I ever watch a show, I'm gonna be on the lookout for Tabasco <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Like, where where is the connection? <laughs> we'll see. Well, then in 2014, 2018, he's basically he's been co starring in that Showtime series, The Affair. Um, I've seen uh, ads for promos for it, but I, I've I've never watched it. It looks like you know one of many serious uh, shows that's probably gonna be too close to home. Uh, So I don't feel like watching it type of thing. (laughs) It's just like, oh, it looks awkward. I don't want to watch that. Uh, And then uh, so the most recent thing that he's going to be in is uh, 2019 in May. uh, End of this uh, this month is going to be a miniseries with Netflix called When They See Us. Uh, He's going to play a character, Mickey Joseph. It's set in 1989 about five Harlem teens who were convicted first in the media and then twice in courts for brutal rape of a jogger in New York City back in 2000 uh, in New York City. But they were released and freed of their, uh, you know, of the crimes in 2014. So they're going to talk about how, you know, that whole process of the media convicting you first, which, you know, is this thing that's happened a lot nowadays Uh, that comes out. Netflix at the end of this month. So is that something you guys might watch? Sounds intense, but yeah. <laughs> it sounds pretty <laughs> Very intense. Very
1: similar to the Mighty Ducks. so <laughs> wearing
0: your goal wearing your Charlie Conway jersey, just watching the show, watching this whole jury thing go down. You're like, oh this is a little little heavy. Um so yeah, Joshua Jackson. You know, I know he's still more of a popular type of actor. Um, he's still Working, doing all kinds of stuff. So, just wanted to give some people a little update on good old Charlie Conway. Uh, but the next one is the guy you guys have had on, Sean Weiss. Well, we have a goalie, Goldberg. All right, bring him on, man. I'm ready for this. Come on, right, show me what you got. I'm the man. I'm the man. Oh, oh, help! Uh, you know, started acting young as Elvis on Pee Wee's Playhouse. You know, got the roles Goldberg. Uh, they initially, I guess, he only had like. Only one little line. He's going to play some Eskimo player. And then, of course, I'm sure his personality came out and they wanted to give him more lines. Is that kind of what really happened?
1: Yeah. So he said that he was going to play a character called Atuk, Uh the Eskimo <laughs> yeah. goalie. Yeah. And he had one line and then he was uh, just funny. He said he was just sort of mean to the adults and they thought it was funny. So they <laughs> started giving him more lines and he grew into uh, Greg Goldberg there.
0: Yeah, I mean that's. I think the same thing happened with Matt. He said that you know, with the whole like Rob Schneider bit that he was doing, that wasn't really in the script. They just he was doing it on the side, and I guess they wanted him to to keep it going. So yeah, it's just one of those. I guess if you act out, you might uh you might get more lines. You might get a SAG card, <laughs> uh, as they say. Uh, but after uh, after Mighty Ducks, of course, he's another iconic '90s movie, The Heavyweights, uh, which I still quote you know to this day lunch has been canceled due to lack of hustle deal with it you know i I say that more often than i should but uh still rock it out and still classic i i have to watch at least once a year do you guys still rock out heavyweights on a on a constant rotation i think tommy literally quotes it once a week by saying speed every time i'm ready to go on (laughs) yeah every time
1: i ask if we're ready to start recording tommy's like speed yeah heavyweights is,
3: is an excellent movie i remember um I, like, got it on DVD in college and, like, made all my friends watch it. And then we got, like, really drunk and then we watched it in Spanish. So and so, it's just as good in Spanish if you want to do that. Written by Judd uh, Apatow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was the other one. Like, later on, like you see the name as a kid that means nothing. But now looking back, you're like, wow, thanks, Judd. You know, got a little uh, helped out with some of our childhood. And the other thing, too, uh, with uh, heavy – not heavyweights, but going into this next role was with um, – was it? In uh, Freaks and Geeks. Uh, he played, you know, a small I, character, yeah, yeah, on, but Recurring character, yeah. Yeah, and I remember seeing him in that show. I was like, oh, Goldberg, nice. You know, being in the band with all those guys. It was just like a nice... They just kept bringing in all these actors that we had seen growing up uh, through like, you know, heavyweights or or Mighty Ducks or stuff like that. So it was cool to see Judd Apatow kind of trickle in those those type of actors. And Sean uh, was definitely one of them. But, yeah, he had made appearances in like Sabrina Teenage Witch, Saved by the Bell, things like that. So kind of sporadic work throughout like the the mid 2000s. And then, um, you know, of course, we've heard recently of the the arrests uh, in 2017, uh, it was 150 days in LA County Jail for petty theft, uh, but only served 12 thanks to overcrowding. So thanks for all the all those <laughs> people there. Uh, and then five days after his release, he was arrested again, uh, for possession of the controlled substance of methamphetamine, uh, in Burbank, and he was sentenced to 90 days. Uh, and then it was arrested the weekend of August 3rd, 2018, for public intoxication. Following that arrest, he declared that he was entering rehab. So hopefully. Sean is getting some help For himself And turning things around
1: Yeah I, well, We agree uh, Yeah When he was on the pod He was still funny Still had the comedic timing But yeah It just needs to uh, Get on the right track there So we're all rooting for him
0: Yeah it's just crazy It's kind of like, like I remember hearing It was like Back to back to back It's like What's going on man It's like what are you doing? Because like, he does like uh, stand-up comedy too, right? Is he still does that or did he, he do he that? He also
2: did a web series with Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah,
0: Ron, oh, Ron Jeremy. Jeremy
2: was his dad or something. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah, and he
1: yeah he was doing stand-up comedy. I think right now he's just focused on rehab. I haven't heard from him in a while. But, yeah, uh, yeah I think uh, what he posted was that uh, Aaron Lore, who played Dean Portman, actually drove him to rehab, so –
0: well, good. Good. Um, it's good to hear the Dexter flying together, uh, flying each other or driving each other to rehab, you know, in one sense or another. So, good. I'm glad that, uh, you know, that he's getting that help because, you know, everyone always likes to make light or make the memes about, you know, his picture and, and like how, you know, how different he looked from when he was a kid. But, you know, it's a person who needs help, you know, and I'm glad that he's doing that. Agreed. So, uh, well, well, the next person. That I, I felt everyone needed to know about was uh, Julie the Cat Gaffney. Julie, you got the fast glove. I know this kid's move: triple deke, glove side, anticipated, and you got it. What if he goes stick side? He's fancy. He'll go glove. Played by. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying this her name right. Is it Col- Colum or Columbe? I think it's Colum, but Do I that? don't know. Colum. I know. Col- Column Jacobson Durstine, which is an interesting name, but it it does not quite flow off the tongue. But uh, she, you know, of course, born in Chicago. Uh, she made her debut and in, in rookie of the year. She was the uh, uh, was it Henry's little love interest? Is that who it was? Yeah, she
3: she was like the girl that he had a crush on or something like that at the, the lunchroom. I remember, and yeah. yeah, he kept
0: ditching her to go build that stupid rowboat. With his <laughs> friends I'm like, dude, you got a chick who likes you, go talk to her. So
2: Rosenbagger, Gardenhoser, oh. Ruling Groder,
0: way to go, run a mucker. Uh but then the following year is when she landed her role uh in D two as Julie the Cat Gaffney. And um and I guess um you know, following an extended break from 96 to 2002, she went to Sarah Lawrence and then to a natural uh, gourmet school in New York, and she graduated 2000-2004, so she's basically been a chef ever since. Uh, which is awesome uh, she while she was doing that she was in men in black too so she made she somehow went to two different schools and was in a movie at the same time during that time so kudos to that uh, work ethic I've I that's nothing compared i I have nothing to that <laughs> so uh, but she competed in in the uh, food network uh I guess, the Food Network, the Next Star, Next Network Star in 2007. But she has her own blog now, uh, Column De Jour. So if you want any recipes or advice, you can go there. And she is currently teaching public and private cooking classes to help individuals improve their well-being through food uh, that they eat. And uh, and she does catering as well. Yeah. So Julie the Cat whipping up some, uh, some cuisine. Yeah, I
1: follow her on Instagram, and she makes some bomb-ass food. So.
0: Well, is she still is she still a uh, a chef was it was at the Sabra uh, Mediterranean foods? Is that the same spot or has she moved on to somewhere else?
1: I honestly have no idea.
0: Cause that was the last thing I was listed. And I think that might information might be a couple years old, so you never know. But I wasn't sure if she's updated. But yeah, just uh, you know, now she's like a full time chef with this, which is awesome. So follow her on Instagram. Follow her her awesome uh, cuisines. Uh, so we've got a couple couple more here. Just a couple more. Uh, the next one I want to get into was Brandon Quinton Adams Jesse Hall. My little brother Russ here has been telling me that you guys have been choking big time. Well, your
2: brother's got a big mouth. Uh oh. he
0: does doesn't he? um of course he played like he played fool in Wes uh, west cravens people Stairs, which I where I first saw him uh and then when he got into mighty ducks he was in all three of them but during that time he was in the sandlot as Kenny DeNunez, uh, with the heater I, I I actually tried to name one of my pitches in as a kid the heater which it did not have the heat on it I'll tell you that <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, of course, he was in Mighty Ducks uh, from '95 '98, and they had small roles in like Boy Meets World, Sister Sister. But one of the crazy things that I read about about him was that in 2002, that Brandon uh, was with one of his friends, Merlin Santana, who was in Moesha, Steve Harvey Show, and Cosby Show. Um, they had met up with this one girl at a Chinese restaurant, and then Santana had a one night stand with this girl. Well, the girl wanted to you know continue the relationship afterwards and he did not want to she was very upset with this so she goes and tells two of her friends that santana had raped her and so they come back they go out and they look for both of these guys afterwards and they end up shooting at their car um brandon had you know he's driving off uh you know get to safety he gets to safety even though he's been shot like a couple times uh but unfortunately his friend didn't make it all over this one stupid lie and you know he's been dealing it, with it for years the The shooters you know of course got you know life sentences the girl got like 10 years in prison because or in juvenile because she had lied and she was only 15 years old and when she's told them that she was 18 so all kinds of nonsense going down at that point so he'd taken a break from from acting you know just to get to just recover mentally uh but from 2005 2007 he did voice the character of rye in the kingdom of hearts so just to recoup from all that and come back into working is a huge thing. Did you guys ever hear about that? That what happened to him.
1: I knew his friend had died and he was like in the car or something like that. I didn't know the whole backstory though, but that's a that's a it's crazy a story. story. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. When I read the whole thing, like, cause I was looking up just like little stories, like, oh, what are they up to? And then you just kind of see like brandon brandon quinn gets shot friend dies like whoa whoa and then the whole story was just nuts the more and more i kept reading it the more i was just in awe that it actually happened and uh so yeah so you know he dealt with that for a few years he got back into doing some voiceover work uh the last thing he was in was like a a small short film like stuck in the corners is what it's called back in 2014 uh and then he's gonna be he was in a series back in 2018 called reborn but there's no really no series no uh, episodes available, so I don't I think it's more of an idea than an actual thing. But last year he did do the uh, the stadium tour, the national stadium tour with the Sandlot, uh, all the Sandlot squad. They're doing the 25th anniversary, so he was jump. He was definitely getting into the nostalgic vibes in that regard. But I don't know how much he would get into it with the Mighty Ducks. They they gotta have some. They're going to have a, an anniversary coming up at some point, right? 25? Hey, we're we're on 25 this year if, if we go D2.
1: Yeah, so they had a D2 anniversary. The Anaheim Ducks actually had a, a sort of 25th anniversary of D2 where they, they screened the Mighty Ducks and then they brought out a ton of them uh, at one of their games to drop the first pucks, I guess. So uh yeah, it was a big deal. They got all the the crew together and everything like that so uh yeah it was it was fun to uh see everybody donning the d five jerseys and that kind of stuff again
0: definitely definitely well it was uh was was brandon out there did he make it out there for that one? Oh, that's a good question i i off the top of my
1: head, I did not see him, but that uh that doesn't I wouldn't mean be surprised. He looked like
0: he was being a good sport about the Sandlot one, so I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped in on that one too. So yeah, Brandon sounds like a great guy. Just unfortunate he had to go through that that uh, tragedy uh, with his with one of his really good friends. So hopefully we'll see him uh, on some uh, some more anniversaries or maybe into something else soon. Uh, so last couple here we got... Matt Doherty, that we talked about, we both have had on our podcast multiple times.
1: Um, It's hockey. There's
0: no batter. Idiot. Hum golly 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 hum golly golly, hey save hum hey uh, of course Matt was Les Averman on The Mighty Ducks, but he was also in movies like uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer uh, so, as was I forget the name, is it Heed or He I couldn't remember, but uh, with his ginormous head in front of the T V thanks to Mike Myers uh, pre Shrek Irish accent.
2: Look at the size of that boy's heed. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a
0: toothpick. Shh. You're going to give the boy a complex.
2: Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. Has its own weather system. Shh.
0: Heed, move. Um, and then, of course, he went on to other small parts like, you know, Boston Public, CSI Miami, uh, Grey's Anatomy, and Franklin and Bash. But most recently, uh, he just released an album uh, it's kind of like a uh, a folky, bluesy type of, um, you know, s- slower type music album on Spotify. I've listened to it. It's actually pretty good. Have you guys listened to any of that?
1: Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, we came, he came out of the pod and talked about sort of uh, putting it together and that kind of stuff. But yeah, you, you think like actor turned musician, you don't have high hopes, but he's uh, it's a really cool sound that he put together there.
0: Uh, yeah, no, he's very talented, uh, and so just to hear his his music, I was like you said, kind of taken back because you don't really have high expectations when you hear celebrities getting into music. But yeah, he definitely pulls it off nicely. So go check that out. Uh, one of the stories he had uh, when he was on the podcast about you know the mighty ducks was he was working as a like a, a drive through you know at a at a food chain working as, as a cashier. And he took somebody's order and they pulled around to find out that the person, the customer was uh, Mike Vitar, Luis Mendoza. (laughs) who he had taken the order for. And it's kind of like that surreal reality moments. Like this is, I guess a life imitating art type of situation. But you know, my, he said that Mike was really cool about it because, you know, they've, he had gone through that similar thing before. He just understands those are the type of things you go through as an actor. So it's just cool to hear that they, they made that real life connection that there's, there's still that brotherhood, I guess, like against the mighty ducks. So, uh, so it's, it's cool to hear from, uh, from Matt about those type of stories. Yeah, that's insane. Just like a small world there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and that leads into Mike Vitar, Luis Mendoza. It's Luis
3: Mendoza. He's from our Miami club. A real speedster, incredible skater. I talked him one point nine seconds blue line to blue. Good looking skater. Very good looking.
2: What do you think, Shut up, baby man. Just one minor problem. Ah. Has a little trouble stopping.
3: I'd
0: say so I almost had it that time um of course he played uh Benny the jet Rodriguez on the sand lot and I don't think he did the anniversary tour which I'm sure everybody was maybe a little bummed out because he's Benny the jet you want to see him out there but he retired from acting like in ninety seven. So he hasn't really been doing anything like basically after the after the third Mighty Ducks he was done, but he's been a a, a firefighter for a while. He was in Torrance for a while, being you know doing EMS stuff, uh, but I guess in two thousand fifteen. He and some other firefighters uh, chased down and violently assaulted a college student. Uh, so he, you know, they've been going through lawsuits and the legal process for that. They were charged with uh, misdemeanor battery, facing up to four years in prison. Uh, but under a plea deal, they only had to pay a couple thousand dollar fine, go to anger management, and serve ninety days of community service. So, not we're not getting too many great outcomes on some of our uh, some of our previous ducks, but I think there's there's they're finally. Maybe getting out of their downturns and hopefully making a comeback.
1: Yeah, that one was insane. Like the lawyer of the kid started posting videos of what happened online, and then there was a whole there was a whole deal with that. With that was sort of a, a just a strange situation.
0: Yeah, it seems like it came out of nowhere because like everything I heard about Mike at up that point, like he was just a firefighter. He didn't want to have anything to do with movies or anything. He just wanted to be a firefighter. Which you know, commend him. That's great. But then you hear that assault situation, like whoa, come out of nowhere. And and then I I didn't know ins and outs. I didn't know all that was going on during this during the whole process. Yeah, I think um, I
3: think before um, that that uh, that whole thing happened, I think Mike had reached out and um like didn't you reach out to the fire station or something
1: yeah i reached out for to the fire station to uh have him on for an interview and the the communications person said that uh he didn't want to do it and so that's
0: that's the only contact we really had uh, well at least you've got dir- you got direct contact somehow he told you no, no through somebody <laughs> yeah <laughs> well um, yeah i don't know i think he might just stay, stay away i mean we've had I think multiple anniversaries for Sandlot and then, excuse me now for Mighty Duck. So I don't think we'll see him. Maybe he'll be like one of those uh, Hayden Christensen's Well, he'll, he'll come out later, later in life once he gets around maybe, uh, you know, his own stigma of the role. So we'll see. Uh, But the last one, of course, we had to end it with good old Emilio Estevez, uh, Gordon Bombay.
2: I'm standing there waiting to use the paper. Yeah, he was seriously. And this guy who's on the phone turns around and tits
0: his hat like this. And who do you think that guy was? Emilio Estevez, the mighty
1: duck man, I swear to God, I was there. Of course you were. You were the one who yelled the Breakfast Clubber's name. I was like, Emilio <laughs>
0: Son of uh, veteran actor Martin Sheen, an older brother of Charlie Sheen, which I didn't know for the longest time. Uh, up in, I, I knew I've known her for a long time, but I never made the connection as a kid. Uh, but he tried to, you know, get out of the brat pack kind of, uh, you know, stigma or not stigma, but image that he had. So he took like roles in Young Guns, and then he got this one as like his first adult uh, adult role. But afterward, he had some questionable roles. I mean, he did, like, Loaded Weapon, which is a funny, like, parody of Lethal Weapon. But I don't think it quite hit the mark like they wanted. And they had, like, Another Stakeout and some other movies, like with Rosie O'Donnell. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I I like you, Emilio, but I'm not sure about these movies. And then he popped up in Mission Impossible. I was like, here we go. I'm in. And then he dies, like, six minutes into the movie. You're like, damn it. I wanted more Emilio. Uh, and then since then, he really hasn't been anything like that. He hasn't produced or f- directed himself. Uh, he's directed a lot of like TV shows like uh, Cold Case, uh, CSI or Numbers, stuff, shows like that. But really, he's only kind of been in what he, he's kind of done, his own passion projects he'll put himself in. But yeah, I don't think he's really going to do too many actual mainstream movies uh, before too long.
1: Yeah, I don't think he cares about it. Uh that much anymore in terms of like the mainstream he his new movie the public uh he went on sort of a press tour i think at one point he said he made a, a deal with the devil with disney to uh make d2 so they can make his press and project later on so yeah he's more about uh the movies that uh quote-unquote matter uh more than just the the mainstream i guess uh just romper romps like the mighty ducks and heavy, yeah and that kind of
0: stuff. i had read too that that was part of the reason he had taken just that small bit part and d3 because he wanted to finance you know a passion project so that was part of the deal I was like okay well i want this set amount so i can you know finance my movies so he'll he gave him one week of shooting basically for that that last cameo so yeah you're right i think he's pretty much over it and just kind of uh Ready to move on and you know keep directing, which in, you can't say never at this point because we've had actors who were in something, you know, nineteen eighty-five, and now they're, re- they're doing another sequel thirty-five years later or something like that. So like we can never say never that they'll never go back to the role. Yeah, he may come around. Well, I mean, yeah, he we'll, may come. We'll around. will <laughs> We'll we see. I, I wouldn't hold your breath, but he may. It may happen. So, uh, but uh, so yeah. So that was. All of the where are they now when it comes to the Mighty Ducks. So uh, I appreciate you guys rocking that one out for me. And that was pretty much the episode. That everything I want to get into the episode. So. Uh, Again, thank you guys for being the best flying V a guy could ask for when it comes to talking about Mighty Ducks. Uh, So let the listeners know where they can follow you guys on social media and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Yeah,
1: so at Quack Attack Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Quack Attack Pod. You can go to thequackattack.com. That's our sort of home base. You can uh, listen there, subscribe, iTunes, anywhere you get podcasts, really. We are. Uh, We got a shop. With some of our own gear, our own designs that are Mighty Ducks related. So, uh, They're designed
3: by Kevin. He just gave Mike a weird look. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin gets the credit there. Yeah, so yeah, we have the ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we have a shop with designs created by Kevin that are Mighty Ducks related. Uh, so you, that, you can find that at thequacktech.com as well. But
0: uh, yeah, anywhere podcasts are found, we should be. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll get everything in the description so everybody can start tuning in and following you guys along so again thank you guys so much for uh, coming on today and everyone else thanks for tuning into this episode of the be kind and rewind podcast subscribe and rate the podcast on all podcast apps including spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, youtube and infurbia media podcast network also follow on uh, facebook twitter and instagram at be kind rewind pod for all of your nostalgic needs so thanks and be excellent to each other
1: infirmary media